This isolated island in the middle of the Baltic Sea lies 200 kilometers south of Stockholm and has been at the center of the struggle for the Baltic and at high risk of invasion for thousands of years. But Gotland is much more than a Swedish province that boasts the remains of a medieval town wall and 13th century church ruins. It is a pivotal plot for peace in the region. The island is now back in focus as permanent troops return after an 11 year lapse. Will Sweden's reputation for peacekeeping change as national security takes centre stage in the country's politics? The decision was made in June 2015 by the parliament to upgrade the military capability on the Iceland Gotland because of the security situation in the neighbourhood. Part of the background is the Russian annexation of Crimea and that's against international law. And um, we also have the aggression in Ukraine and we have more of military tension in our neighbourhood. That's reality. By 2018, over 150 soldiers will be permanently based on Gotland and be manning the island from any imminent attack. In the meantime, troops are rotating in and out of Gotland, which is once again home to the tremors of tanks, the crunch of soldiers' boots in the crisp air and the neat discipline of the company commanders. Here on Gotland we are conducting our normal training and exercise work and that means basically everything from weapon and vehicles training to unit training. I think it's a natural way of handling the security situation and I think it's good to be here on Gotland. Uh, of course there is some challenges to, to rebuild the, the mil military force on Gotland again, to rebuilding the military infrastructure with barracks and everything. We have almost sold all the infrastructure when we closed down the regiment in 2005. On an island that was used to living side by side with the military just over a decade ago, why the U-turn on the government's decision to remove troops? When I was living here when I was young, uh, we had uh, four regiments here and after that they um, decided to close everything here, everything, which was really surprising. Uh, and at that time point I think many people in Europe at least, we believe that there won't be any more wars. We were maybe a bit naive. <laughs> During the last decades there has been a weight shift from international missions uh, going abroad, Kosovo, Afghanistan, to focus on the national defense of Sweden. And that means slightly a different way of training our units. Tasks abroad is peacekeeping missions. That means doing vehicle checkpoints, patrols, etc. But the national focus and defending our national soil is, of course, a more combat-focused way of handling our units. I couldn't understand why they had left uh, Gotland as a whole because we have been uh, in this position in the middle of the Baltic Sea for, well, as long as we have been <laughs> an island. The security situation, it has been very central for thousands of years. So um, we were happy to have them back, of course. We are not going around and being worried all the time, but it, it is nice to have them there. And we can also see, most of us, how the, uh, the world changed. 
The signal of defence and defiance has been carefully engineered by the Swedish government, who are well aware of the message they're sending. The control of Gotland is very important because um, if you control Gotland, you also control the sea level and the air level towards the Baltic states. So it's very important for the Baltic states that we have a very strong control of the island. It's also a signal to other countries that we are very keen on our sovereignty. And it's not just the exercises and the training that are shifting from peacekeeping to a more considered defensive approach. As Sweden refocuses on intelligence at home and the stability of its territory, it also has to rethink how to achieve its ambition of having 14,000 professional soldiers and full army units. We are not only building a new regiment here on Gotland, which is, a, is an enormous investment for, for Sweden. We are also bringing back the conscription uh, services to Sweden, which has not been on for, for a couple of years. And, and nobody thought it would come back, and it came back very, very quickly. There are lots of people thinking that it's uh, absolutely natural that we should defend our country. But I think there are lots of, of young people who don't think they need to defend their rights and our democracy. With these moves to buttress the army and ready the country for any sort of flank manoeuvre, Sweden's neighbours are also paying attention to this more active approach towards the nation's security. My impression is that the Baltic states feel more of pressure from the Russian side. We have espionage in Sweden. The Swedish security police also said that the main actors in this is Russia, China and Iran. We work with it all the time and it's very important for Sweden to have capability to defend our democracy and our way of living. And uh, it's a question of freedom. When I joined the military, it was uh, a Cold War. The Soviet Union and the NATO forces standing against each other in Europe. And of course, the Soviet Union somehow came down and we had a situation all over Europe with uh, not that much tension. The Swedish armed forces focused a lot on um, international operations. And uh, now again, we're going back to focus on uh, national defense. So somehow we went full circle. Maybe it's a sign of what's happening in the world. So what's happening here uh, in a small scale could be a sort of a situation that is f uh, the same in the whole world. For Monocle in Gotland, I'm Louise Sinaton.